Welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast created to enlighten, inspire, and inform those who work in or depend on the world's most important endeavor, agriculture. Here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey, before we get going on this week's episode of The Business of Agriculture, a little backstory. I was contacted recently by Gary Truitt, who runs an organization called Hoosier Ag Today, a syndicated radio and podcast uh, format, and it is obviously in the Hoosier State, my home state of Indiana. So Gary Truitt said, hey, Damien, I'd like to talk to you because you have a very unique take on this issue with Burger King. While it's getting derision by folks in the beef and ag industry, you actually said this advertising campaign and their concept of low methane or reduced methane beef might be beef positive. And I said, sure, I'd love to talk to you about that. So Gary and I sat down for about a 20-minute interview, and I thought, hey, this would make a great podcast for my people also, and why be repetitive? Why do the interview with him and then also uh, do it again for you? So that's what you're going to be getting into here today. It's a great discussion, and a lot of people in agriculture have been looking at it from their perspective and not necessarily from the consumer's perspective, and that's what we set up to do in this discussion. A reminder that the business of agriculture is brought to you by my good friends at Harvest Profit. That's Nick Horb up in Fargo, but it doesn't matter where their company is because they serve customers all over North America, like six provinces and 26 states. They have tons of customers because Harvest Profit works. It's a software solution to help your agricultural enterprise manage inputs and outputs and the money, the business side of your business. Look them up at harvestprofit.com. Anyway, let's get on with it now. Enjoy the business of agriculture. This is Gary Truitt from Who's Your Eye Today, and I am being joined by Damian Mason, speaker, author, farmland owner, uh, agricultural economist, and uh, has an, who has an interesting take on a topic that's been in the news this week. Burger King, in one of their latest marketing uh, gimmicks, to use my phrase, uh, is, is produced a commercial and is out promoting low-methane beef. Uh, and they have some scientific research that backs up and says if you eat uh, this low methane beef, you are being more environmentally friendly. And many in the agricultural community, particularly in the livestock sector, uh, were very upset about this latest marketing uh, efforts by a fast food company, certainly not the first uh, to, to try this kind of thing, because the science just isn't there. And it the, the ag folks feel that it gives the consumer a, a, a misimpression about how livestock are raised and the environmental benefits that livestock uh, production has. But Damon, you have an interesting take on this because you're saying this is actually something that agriculture should welcome. There is a good side to this. So explain a little bit uh, why this move, this, this focus on uh, low methane beef and more environmentally sustainable, wonderful, natural beef at uh, your local burger joint is actually good for the livestock industry and the meat industry in this country. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Gary, to talk about this. Uh, of course, like everybody that's in agriculture, I uh, saw the announcement and I watched that ridiculous, bizarre annoying uh, commercial. Any of your viewers and listeners that are paying attention to this, it's two minutes of hell. Uh, kids in cowboy costumes, uh, putting lemongrass pots on their heads and dancing and singing methane. But uh, frankly, it took me a few viewings to even understand all of the words. 
and I don't know that most consumers do grasp all that. All of our friends in agriculture and our cohorts uh, kind of had an emotional reaction, like, ah, like, like we sometimes do. Uh, Damn it, those Burger King people are making us look bad. Well, here's the thing. Uh, are they or are they not? I know a lot of ag people said, well, I'm going to boycott them. Well, let's just first off, let's be realistic. If, if you lose the farmers uh, as a customer base, you're still talking about 1% of the population. So is it better to appeal to the 99 or the 1? And I'm not being mean, I'm being honest. I mean, let's talk about this as a business thing. You said I, I said we should welcome it. Well, I'm not sure we should welcome it. We should admit the reality. The reality is we live in right now an environment of environmentalism. Many consumers are being indoctrinated. Uh, the Gen Z crowd, the millennial crowd, they came up being told on a daily and regular basis that there is this thing called anthro, uh, you know, what do they call it? Uh, human-caused climate change. Okay, so with human-caused cl- human climate change, then the groups that want to control your diet that are really fundraising, fundraising groups that push a cause have convinced everyone that it's the way they eat that is going to harm the environment. Well, a lot of our consumers want what we produce. 95% of America is not vegetarian. You know, 5% report self-report as being vegetarian. I think that's a stretch. You know, a lot of people self-report that they exercise. They self-report that they go to church. They self-report that they don't lie. Well, those are all lies. So self-reporting that you're a vegetarian really means you feel like you should be because you have been guilted into believing if you eat a cheeseburger, you are harming the ozone layer. Burger King gave those consumers, those guilty meat eaters, a reason to buy a cheeseburger. Does this at all concern you that we're we're continuing to misrepresent science because, uh, you know, Greenhouse gas emissions from livestock is such an in such a small part of the overall environmental issue, and so you know Hollywood and celebrities and the the, the NGOs that you talked about uh, have latched onto this as a way of, um, of, of trying to get consumers to feel guilty uh, and, and to to raise this environmental issue that maybe really isn't much of an environmental issue. The general media has lots of fun with it because they talk about cow cow hearts all the time, so it's a great butt of a joke. But does it reinforce this uh, image in the mind of the consumers that livestock production is bad and not sustainable? Uh, Does does that concern you at all? Or again, not, not something we in agriculture really need to worry about? It concerns me because I've got 14 hours of lab science from a land-grant university called pre-university, and I actually do think we should pay attention to science. The thing is, consumers don't. Uh, Not being mean, but I've been pointing this out for a long time. Consumers don't do science, they do feelings. I point this out in my book, Food Fear. You know, in 2014, we discovered that 26, a National Science Foundation discovered that one-fourth of Americans, 26% of Americans, do not know that the earth revolves around the sun. So we're really expecting them to do the analysis. Do they even know what a greenhouse gas is? And then you say, hey, so the simplest thing to do is say, you've been lied to. It's only 3% of global ground greenhouse gas emissions come from livestock production. That's simple. They can get that. They don't know really what it is. But you start getting into the nitty-gritty and the science of it. I think Burger King, frankly, probably went too scientific anyhow, trying to explain the two-minute spot with singing children in cowboy costumes that lemongrass diets for cattle reduce this. I mean, you're kind of taking people, what the heck is lemongrass? What are they feeding them before? You know, there's a little bit of that. But what we really got to go back to, Gary, is uh, we gave the consumer a reason to feel good. 
And that's all that Burger King cares about. They don't, let's not be mean here. It's just being honest. They want people to come into their store and buy cheeseburgers. And they're, they are built, they're, they're, their name is Burger King. It's not Tofu King. It is not Vegan King. It is not, it is not Beyond Meat King. It is Burger King. As a company, and there are thousands of stores, they need to sell burgers. So they are invested in selling burgers. If you want a consumer to come in and feel good about buying their burger, tell them a story that appeals to them. You know, it's the old thing of, we can tell them all day long about the science of how we produce uh, beef. Does the consumer care about that? No, the consumer cares about themselves. And the consumer that says, I just did something good for uh, uh, the environment. I ate a meth reduced, what is it? A reduced methane emission beef burger from Burger King. All they did was go in and stuff their face with fast food, but it made them feel good about stuffing their face with fast food because they were told a story. The story is Burger King has cattle that are on low methane diet, and that means it's good. So it's a little bit of rainbows and unicorns and all that, but consumers buy based on feelings, Gary. So am I concerned about it? Well, sure. I mean, I've, I said, I've taken the science classes probably more than many, uh, but science doesn't move the needle on consumers. I think one of the fears is, and I can just imagine these uh, uh, cowboys in the West and these cattlemen, uh, you know, saying, eh, I'm not going to grow any darn lemongrass. They're not going to tell me how to raise my cows. Does this really have a chance to go anywhere? Uh, again, they're getting publicity. They're getting conversation, which is ultimately, from a marketing standpoint, that's what they want. I mean, it differentiates them in the marketplace. Uh, as you indicated, you know, they got to sell burgers who want to do that. So is this really more of a tempest in a teapot kind of thing that six months from now, 12 months from now, is this going to go away? Is this something, a trend that we really need to worry about at all? Well, the trend we need to worry about is actually, it might be beef positive because if you convince a few more people that were leaning, that were teetering on the fence, you got your people are going to eat a cheeseburger no matter what, you know, unless it's something drastic, like uh, to make this cheeseburger, we just uh, harmed children. Okay, that one would nobody go for. But your average consumer says, I want cheeseburgers, I'm going to eat cheeseburgers. But there's this growing group of people that are socially conscious. Uh, I've seen a lot of documentation on this. Uh, especially the younger folks, Gen Z is bought into this thing that uh, I'm going to make a purchase with a company that does something good. I've referenced Tom's Shoes as an example. That's the shoe company that says, if you buy a pair of our shoes, we'll give a pair of shoes to uh, a poor person in a third world country. So there is this growing movement about socially conscious investing, socially conscious shopping. So rather than um, getting up in arms, we should probably say, hey, the good news here is Burger King might actually be selling more burgers because of this, as ridiculous as it is. And I'm not saying I love the commercial. I hate it. I thought it was stupid. But we as an industry must realize we do answer to consumers. Agriculture is a consumer business, Gary. So the rancher that's out there saying, they ain't going to tell me how to feed my beef. Well, eventually the consumer uh, if that's some new thing that catches on, I don't even know what lemongrass is. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I went and picked up this, this Whopper just for our interview and it doesn't smell lemony. It doesn't, you know, when I think of lemon, I think of almond, you know, uh, lemon fresh joy. It doesn't smell like the dish soap, but uh, anyway, um, I'd say that what we all got to do is realize there's a, a, a consumer out there 
that wants to pay for a story and the story is usually about themselves. So if they say, well, it's because of lemongrass that I can eat this cheeseburger, there's probably somebody that's going to make money raising lemongrass. There's some feed companies that are going to say, hey, let's start throwing lemongrass into this ration. There is that effect. Remember, the American consumer has a lot of money, even right now during the recession. We're, we're one-fourth of the global economy, Gary, with only 4% of the population. Well, what's that tell you? They've got money to spend on stuff that makes them feel good. And I, I wouldn't doubt that there's an opportunity. You know, I've got a little hobby beef operation. What if I start doing a thing where I say, when you buy Damien Mason beef from the De La Rosa farm, this is met, low methane beef because I am using all grass feeding with, with supplemental grain, but then also there's lemongrass in the ration. Oh, I just charged 25 more cents a pound. You've uh, purchased a really good book uh, that talks about fear of food. And, and uh, so is this perhaps maybe something a lot of ag folks are uncomfortable with, yet at least they're not saying beef is poison. They're, we're not into the pink slime kind of, of, of controversy on beef. So it is a message, but it's not, it's a little bit of a different message. That we're, we're not being, people are, being are not being told to be afraid of beef. Uh, and right. maybe that's positive. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I get it. I understand the emotional reaction that agricultural people had, Gary, against Burger King. But let's admit, they are very vested in selling meat and potatoes you know you go there they're in the business of burgers and french fries so are they really our enemy no did they do something or in fact are our customer did they uh did they do anything wrong well no because they're trying to appeal to a certain set of customer that and you know they said they're going to drop those commercials in places like portland oregon and austin texas that lean a little more liberal where there's probably more of a climate change uh crusade going on so i don't think that burger king is our enemy do i think we're going to see more of this yeah I have been saying to my audiences in agriculture and my speaking engagements and on my online presence, Gary, for quite some time that what we really must understand is like we talk about production still. It's a big thing here in ag. Well, I'm getting 3.4 pounds of gain per day per steer out here in my feed yard in Kansas. I'm getting 210 bushel corn out of that field. The consumer in the United States of America and Canada, Western Europe, they generally have not been without food. So our productivity is not a story that they care about unless you can tell the productivity from the standpoint of, and because we're so efficient at producing that, it means we use less water and we emit less greenhouse gas emissions and, and sensitive acres are being taken out of production so that we have uh, a better environment. So if you can tell your ag food story that gives the customer what they want. They want to eat their burger. And you know, it's the old, once you, you want to eat your cake and have it too and all that, they want to have their burger and they want to have their, I did something good for the environment story all in one. So I've never seen probably more of this, although I hope to God it's not children with lemongrass pots on their head and singing about cow farts, but who knows? And this little off topic here, but uh, you sort of alluded to it. With the, the change in consumer attitudes and experiences the last four or five months of going into grocery stores and not finding meat in the meat case and being so concerned about viruses and sanitation, uh, you know, wearing masks and, and washing our hands and using hand sanitizer and all of that, is that going to have some uh, implications for how people begin to look at food and food safety going forward or, or not? 
Uh, food safety has probably not been the issue because if you notice, we haven't had any coverage of any foodborne illness at all since everybody, since the media hopped on coronavirus back in February. There hasn't been, you know, usually once every three, four months, the media has to trot out a story that, you know, some person got sick in Denver uh, from uh, E. coli tainted piece of spinach. Well, we haven't done any of that coverage. The consumer must feel pretty darn good about their food. What do I see happening because of the coronavirus? Um, first off, they went right back to the basics, didn't they? They they went to the store and they bought meat and they bought milk and they bought potatoes and they bought vegetables and they even bought those processed foods, those boxes of cereal that they were starting to slow down the last 10 years and rice-a-roni and all that stuff, canned, canned uh, soup. So that was all very good for returning to the basics. Um, what do I see happening on the meat front? I believe that there's going to be tremendous opportunity. You can't get a butcher date here in uh, Huntington, Indiana for your steers because everybody said, oh my goodness, I want to make sure I have a meat supply. There's probably a real opportunity for some of the more small, local, and regional meat processors. And again, they can tell that story. This didn't get raised in California and shipped across country, whatever. You can tell the story of this was raised by local farmers that supplement their feed with lemongrass and, uh, and, and it's butchered and processed right here. So I think there's a real opportunity for more of the return to local and regional and uh, the meat plant closures probably would affect that. It's one of the big impacts I would say from coronavirus. Another big impact, Gary, before this all happened, 55% of America's food dollar, meaning the average person spent 55% of their food dollar at restaurants going out. Well, there's less going out. First off, by force, you, you couldn't go. The restaurants were closed. The bars were closed. So there's uh, going to be a tremendous switch in products consumed. You know, that was the problem like we talked about. Well, beef, for instance. Most, most beef, the majority is not bought and cooked at home. It was bought and, and eaten away. Now, pork's not so much that way. Chicken's not so much that way. Uh, cheese was more that way. There's a lot of cheese that gets eaten at a restaurant. You go to a Mexican restaurant, they put a pound of cheese on those nachos bring to your table. So the food consumed is going to shift a little bit based on if you prepare it yourself, but we're going to see that switch because 55% eaten at restaurants, now it's going to be probably uh, 35%. Okay. We went a little longer than I anticipated, but, but Damon, you have good, good points, and, and I really appreciate your time, and you always have a good perspective on, on things, so I appreciate you joining us here on Who's Your Eye today, and uh, we'll do this again soon. I want to do it again. I'm going to go ahead and start digging into this lemongrass-infused Whopper with cheese. I'm going to see if maybe, you know, with the lemon, maybe I'm getting some vitamin C out of it. Heck, who knows? Thanks, Gary. Damon <laughs> Mason, thank you for joining us on Who's Your Eye today. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Business of Agriculture. As we always tell all of our listeners and viewers, if you're just a listener, go ahead and check us out. We've got it on our YouTube channel, and we'd love to see you there. It's on Damian Mason's playlist. It's called Business of Agriculture. It's on the Damian Mason channel, which is actually D. Mason Comedy. So please check it out and uh, subscribe. It will really help my visibility, and then more people will hear this intelligent discussion about the Business of Agriculture that maybe they're not hearing from some of the noise that's out there. So, Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And a reminder that this episode, like so many before it, have been has been brought to you by the good people of Harvest Profit. That's right. You hear me talk about Harvest Profit. It is a software solution that Nick Horeb set out to create. He's not even really a techie guy. He's a business guy. And he said, you know what? Agricultural businesses need a more effective software solution to manage the nuts and bolts, the business, the money. 
the money and the business side of their business. So if you have an agricultural enterprise or you know someone that does, please tell them about HarvestProfit.com. You can go to HarvestProfit.com and get yourself a 14-day free trial using their software for your business, and it will make you more profitable. In times like this, it's exactly what you need. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in to this unique episode of The Business of Agriculture. And as always, pass it on to somebody that's not in the ag business and just let them hear this because our customers do need to understand the business that feeds them. Till next time, thanks a lot. I'm Damian Mason. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Business of Agriculture, please share it with your network. Be sure to connect with Damian on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damian's books, Food Fear, or Do Business Better, go to DamianMason.com.